0: Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten.
1: Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways that we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. And this is our last show, you all. Oh my gosh. It's our last freedom for humans for the time being. Um, I'm not sure whether I am going to pause or, um, whether this will be it for freedom for humans on voice America. Um, I haven't quite, I haven't quite puzzled that out. Um, as, as anybody who listens to the show knows, I'm, I'm still, uh, putting the puzzle together, everyone. <laughs> and so <laughs> I live, uh, I live now comfortably um, and much of the time in what I call in the I don't know. Uh so I'm gonna talk about the I don't know today, I guess. I was trying to figure out like, hmm, what should I do for our last show? And you know, it ended up to be like not a grand gesture exactly, like not some big grand topic. I thought, well, gosh, there's so many little things going on in my life that I'm using the tools and the practices and the strategies to work through um, and manage through that I thought, well, let's just catch up. I'll just uh, kind of explain what's been going on and how I've been working through it. And hopefully um, within that, you might hear something that you identify with and pick up some little tip or tool or trick uh, to help you with whatever you are going through. Okay, so first of all, um it is our last show um of Freedom for Humans on Voice America for now. You can continue to find the show here as well as across all of the podcast platforms. And that will be the case for the foreseeable future. You can also find the show, me my writing. Um, you can message me. You can find links to book um, a session with me if you'd like some coaching or to purchase a coaching package. You can find that all on my website. So that is giraffe tango octopus.com. And you can find me in all the usual places across social media at GTO coaching or under my first and last name, uh, Kirsten Johansson or on um, TikTok at coach Kirsten. So I'll, I'll still be all those places and, um, I would love to connect with you there. And I'm going to make sure that all the content we've created, I, you know, I thought about going back through and trying to count <laughs> how many hours of content do we create? Because I've run some encores. I'm going to guess we've created, I don't know, in the low fifties, uh, 50 some hours or so, um, of content on how to feel better, how to, <laughs> how to silence your inner critic. Uh, how to how to manage that conditioned voice, how to get unstuck out of a sticky pattern. We covered lots and lots of ground over this last um, 15 months uh, that the show has been on. And so that is all still there as a resource. Um, I do want to mention also, I ran some encores um, over the last several weeks, and I chose those for a reason. It is January, as we all know, and um, some of you might be thinking about the changes that you want to make. And some of you might be thinking about changing your body or changing your food. And more specifically, maybe changing your weight or changing the way that your body looks. And so I chose the three encores um, and I put them in the order that I, that I chose for a reason and actually i realize now that (laughs) if you go down the list from the top down they're kind of backwards so you have to go to the oldest first um in those three but the first one i chose is there's nothing wrong with the way you look yep there's nothing wrong with the way you look so that might kind of sound a little bit like an oxymoron right because um you're saying, well, but wait, but I would like to change how I look. There, there has to be something wrong with the way I look because I want to change it. Well, that's fine. You can want to change the way you look. There's no problem with that. But if the, if the underlying belief is that there is something wrong with you, there's something wrong with the way you look, then typically the way that we would go at that change, it doesn't come from a place of, Support or compassion, or dare I say, joy? Oh my God! How would that be if, when we wanted to change something, we felt joyful about it? (laughs) Oh, when I when I tell you all what's been going on with me, I'll I'll go through that. But (laughs) I'm laughing. I'm laughing mostly at myself because you know I've been needing to change a few things as per usual, um, and I you know I'm not going to say that I've been particularly joyful about it. Most probably. Um, so that's another thing, right? When you come from a place of, well, there's something wrong with me and I better change it or else the, or else usually being, I'm going to be judged or I'm, I'm going to be alienated or ostracized or not accepted or made fun of, or I'm going to feel shame or, you know, all the things that we think about. So my goodness, how, how are we supposed to make a sustainable change? When it comes from the belief that there's something wrong with us and ultimately that we're fearful that there's going to be some consequence to there being something wrong with us. So um, I do mention on that show and in the article that um, I also wrote that's in Brains Magazine, I do give some practical uh, strategies Um, in that show about things to actually do. So we, we talk a ton about mindset, um, on the show. And I still think that is, you know, we, we experience our lives with our minds. So mindset is really, really important. And also there are actions that we can take. And so one of them, I'll just give you a quick one, um, is to step away from the mirror after you have finished just making sure you're ready for public life, whatever that is for you. Um, if you are standing there and you, find yourself evaluating yourself, starting to assign uh, a value one way or the other, good, bad, pretty, ugly, fat, thin, good hair, bad hair, uh, smooth skin, wrinkly skin, saggy skin, old skin. And there are judgments um, attached to those because those, everything that I just mentioned could be just uh description, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be charged with, um, something negative or positive. But typically when we're standing in front of the mirror, our evaluative mind, uh, most particularly our inner critic and Ooh, self-hate they come on. Ooh, she's in front of the mirror. Well, let's go, let's go tell her, Ugh, what's going on with your hair? Hmm. Well, look at those wrinkles, whatever, whatever it says to you. Anyway, it, when, and if that starts to happen, you just step right away, just step away because your business in front of the mirror is finished. That's why we're there we fix the hair we brush the teeth we make sure we don't have anything hang- hanging out of our nose or crusty stuff in the corners of our eyes or the corners of our mouth or you know stuck in our teeth whatever make sure you're ready for public life and then step away because you're that's not that's not what you're here for you're not here for the way you look you're here for something else i don't know only you know And maybe you found it, or maybe you're looking, and in either case, congratulations, right? Because if you're looking, if you're open to it and you're looking, great. And if you found it, if you found what it is you're here to do right now, sometimes, I think for me, that changes. I'm here to do something, and then something changes, and I'm here to do something else. I'm not here to fix the way that I look so that it meets a certain standard and all of a sudden what what's going to happen? Ding, 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 a bell's going to ring and all is going to be right with my life. Well, having spent many, many years doing that, waiting for the bell to ring, I'm just going to tell you the bell didn't ring. So um, the first one, uh, there's nothing wrong with the way you look. Um, and then the second one is your relationship with your body. Um, and so really the, the um, core message there is that your body is your partner in life. It really is your first, um, best, and last friend and partner in life. And when you begin to have a friendly relationship with it, a compassionate relationship with it, when you treat it like your your most important uh, partner, you begin to think about what it needs in a different way certainly than what i was thinking about when i was trying to make it look a certain way and make it be a certain size and make it be a certain um firmness i guess i, I would say um you know those things were not about a friendly relationship with my body those things were about trying to tame my body um trying to kind of um um Beat is a terrible word, but I, but to sort of beat it into submission. Um, and in a way, um, that is what I did to it. I did lots of stuff to it to try to get it to look what, look the way I wanted it to look. Um, and so, yeah, when you, when you let go of that, you start to be able to make decisions about the next show that I put in there, which is your relationship with food. So, um, once you kind of have, Um, short up your relationship with your body and made sure that it's friendly and compassionate. You can start to think about, okay, what's going on with my food? Probably there's something that you want to change. If you're on this path, if you, if you have a goal to change something about what you're eating and the way that your body is feeling and the way that you feel in your body, um, which might have something to do with its, with its size or shape or makeup, um, you know, having a relationship with food that is separate, separate from your appearance. I know that sounds crazy. Oh my God, how am I supposed to separate my food from my appearance? Aren't they kind of married together? Well, yeah, there is some cause and effect, of course, with food and appearance, but it's not uh, its not one-to-one. It doesn't, what, what one person eats doesn't affect them the same as as another person, even though they might eat the same exact thing. So it's really not as transactional, I think, as we uh, might think it is. Um, and and so for me, I just focus on having a relationship with food that is about it is about joy, absolutely. I enjoy food, I like eating, it's a joyful experience for me. Usually I've been having some stomach problems and I did wanna just chat with you about that because I um, I tried some things, and I wanted to share them with you um but for the most part it's not a it's it's a it's a joyful um activity for me it didn't used to be but it is it is now, and I have a sense of what is my food and what is not my food, so I just avoid what is not my food and what is not for me which is eating to a point of like ex- really extreme fullness or even a lot of fullness it's just not for me um it it hurts my body and it uh, it's kind of triggering like psychologically uh because of my long uh, history of disordered eating so you know i like to stop eating there's more food i'm not in a scarcity situation so there's more food Huh, I can eat later. Can eat a little bit later if I need to. I don't have to eat it all now. Oh my God, eat it all now because maybe, maybe I, uh, I'm not going to get any later. Even those of us who are not in scarcity situations sometimes have a false sense of scarcity with food, and so you know you think, well, I'm going to stop eating this this thing, this kryptonite, whatever your kryptonite is. Mine is warm chocolate chip cookies. I'll just tell you that's what mine is. Um, and so maybe you're going to say. Well, I'm going to stop eating this um, this kryptonite. Well, perhaps that's the right choice. Perhaps that kryptonite is not is not your food, right? But let's investigate that. Let's investigate that and feel just feel accepting of ourselves and feel supportive and compassionate of our bodies, and then we can start to, you know, figure out what's going on with our food. So let me get into that since I'm talking about that. Okay. So, I've talked to you about my various um gut issues and uh over the years, and so quickly, I had gallbladder disease when I was twenty, and my gallbladder removed. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, um which is an inflammatory bowel disease. It's kind of in the ulcerative colitis uh same family as ulcerative colitis. so, I was diagnosed with that when I was thirty um I was diagnosed with anal cancer when I was forty, which re- required pelvic radiation um which did hit my bowel um and and ulcerated the my my bowel and it also caused um issue bathroom issues because I've been uh radiated um for anal cancer. So um I have a lot of stuff and I I had a side effect from having my gallbladder removed that was with me for about 20 years. And so okay, I have gut issues that we know this. But lately something it, it was just a new it was a new level of it, maybe, or a new form of it. So I did have the same pain that I would normally have if I have a minor Crohn's flare, which isn't a really particular area for me. But this went, this was just everywhere. It was my stomach. It was my gut. Nothing was really acting like I'm used to. Even, even when it's challenging, I'm familiar with it. So it doesn't cause me to be upset. It doesn't cause me to be kind of fearful about what's going on because, ah, okay, this thing is happening. I'm I'm sort of familiar with this. Okay, what should I do? Well, in this case, this was a new set of symptoms. And so I did, you know, I did some looking around to see if I could kind of figure out what it might be. Most of what I came up came up with or came upon in my listen not obsessive at all, uh just a little bit of cursory poking around um on the Googler was probably a food sensitivity, and you know Crohn's disease is it's autoimmune and it's inflammatory, but it is triggered by food, so it's kind of interesting. I'm like, hmm, I keep coming up with food sensitivity, and I already have Crohn's, so I just started to remove. Um foods that I thought it might be, um, and it's been happening intermittently for the last year, but this sort of got to a new level and then was no longer intermittent, so that was what I was thinking about, like let's think about the last year or the last couple of years where I did introduce some new foods, right? so I'm getting back to what is your food? Well, I introduced some additional foods um after I left the twelve step food program. And I did take a look at the, there is um, something called, so for any of you who do have an inflammatory bowel condition, check out the specific carbohydrate diet. It is the, basically it's it's connected to the book, Breaking the Vicious Cycle. It's for people with um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, and it very much is a food as medicine approach. And so it, um, Provides a food list and there is legal foods and illegal foods. So basically that just means these foods that are illegal have been shown to make um, symptoms of Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis worse. So don't eat those. And I'm, I'm generally familiar with what those are, you know, um, but I thought, hmm, okay. So I got out that list, um, and started to remove things and, you know, I had to remove things I really like. Um, and I had to remove things that make me feel satiated and that make me that keep up some weight on my frame um so I have not felt satiated. The weight that I had put on um is gone. It kind of dropped off, which happens pretty quickly with me. um, but you know that's okay. that's okay because I could not live with this sort of constant upset stomach. Um. just, yeah, it just never felt okay. I just never felt okay. It started to really wear me out physically and also um, emotionally and psychologically, because if it is a a medical problem that requires intervention, that's a little complicated for me. And so, you know, I don't want to run to the doctor um, for a bunch of scans and tests and a pill or whatever else, unless I absolutely have to. So when I do have something that's bothering me, I usually really look at and make the lifestyle changes um, that I need to um, or that I think I need to in order to just see. So I do all of my own research and investigating before I present at the doctor because I'm tired of going to the doctor. I'm tired of being medicalized. um, I don't really want to do it anymore. Um, I'm grateful that I do have some coverage and that I am able to go and get some preventive uh, care when I need it. And I also um, really want to do it as little as possible. So, okay. So what ended up, what I ended up removing, um, and and it's still playing out, but I, I had to take out the coffee, everyone. I had to stop drinking coffee. Oh, my beloved coffee. I said to my mom, you know, this is one of my favorite things about my whole day. <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing. Not only is it acidic, we know that, right? We know coffee's acidic. We know some of us, if you drink it on an empty stomach, it gives you that ugh, icky acid stomach. And and I, I like strong coffee. Uh, weak coffee is is upsets me, actually. I, I won't drink it. I literally just throw it out. Um, I like strong coffee. So what I didn't know, you all, I'm going to say this, and you all might be saying, well, of course. But here's what I didn't know. In addition to coffee being acidic, it... Um, it slows in or inhibits collagen production, um, which is why somebody who's like maybe drank a lot of coffee, um, throughout their lives or a lot of things with stuff with caffeine in it, you might see that in their skin a little bit, um, because they're not producing as much collagen. But, but guess what? Guess what our stomach and our intestine are lined with collagen. Oh, so I stopped drinking coffee. I cried intermittently for about four days uh, over pretty much anything and everything. I My emotions were running right close to the surface. I had brain fog. I struggled at my job a bit because I couldn't think straight. Um, of course, I was tired. Yes, I had a little bit of a headache, but it was sort of everything, the whole list of symptoms. And it is kind of intense. Um, and the the interwebs will tell you that it lasts from two to nine days. Um, it lasted about four, like me really noticing it lasted about four days. Um, and then the, the withdrawal symptoms kind of started to, to alleviate after that. And then today, so today it's probably been mm, maybe about 11 days or so um, since I, since I stopped something like that. And I do drink uh, bone broth, which is pure collagen, um, A couple times a day, usually, uh, for my my stomach and my gut, so I can hopefully start to heal. This has been my best stomach day. (sighs) Like, um, I I went and worked a a short, pardon me, a short shift today, and um, one of the uh, one of my coworkers asked me how I was feeling, and I said, you know, today's like the best day I've had, and the way I know that is that I didn't really think about my stomach today like it i didn't I didn't think about it very much, like and even after I ate this morning, like it didn't what has been happening like just all the activity and the crampiness and the pain and all that stuff it just didn't happen, so you know I'm still doing the experiment, and so what i I'm not gonna add the coffee back in because I have a sense that that is an important factor um that might have over time um landed me where I landed in addition to some stress and possibly. Um, some of the foods that I was eating, um, maybe they're not for me, or maybe they're not for me in the amounts that I was eating them. But because I've taken everything out, um, when I'm ready, when I'm symptom-free for for long enough, I can start to add a little bit of of things back in and, and see. Now, um, I do want to tell you this one thing, and I've been repeating it to myself while I've been going through this process because if I didn't know this and this, this gastroenterologist that I saw a number of years ago hadn't really kind of this, this is what I needed to hear from him. The gut is slow to injure and slow to heal. So when you change something, you have to give it time. When you take foods out, you have, or coffee or whatever, you have to give it time in order to see whether that was the culprit or whether one of those things was the culprit. And as I mentioned before, the things we take out are typically going to be things we like. So I did, I have had to kind of fight those thoughts a bit that want, I that want to just put the, you know, I like nuts and I am like, okay, I better take the nuts out. The nuts are fine um, in terms of the Crohn's and colitis diet, but you know, I don't know. So um, anyway, slow to injure, slow to heal. So if you're going to take something out of your diet, because you think it might be bothering you, you have to give it a while to see if what how, whatever the bother is. Uh, goes away, and then if you decide to put something back in, just because it doesn't upset your stomach or your gut the first day or two or even the first week or even the first month, unfortunately, doesn't mean that it won't later. Uh, the gut is a is an interesting uh, it's an interesting organ of ours. Um, it's a smart one. The gut is smart. So okay, so that's what's been going on, uh, kind of with my health. And um, because I'm getting ready to go back to Malta in mm, just maybe nine or 10 days or so, I'm trying to be really careful not to uh, let my physical health um, decline in a way that once I make that long trip and uh, go through that transition, I don't want to kind of tank like I did last time. So anyway, I feel I'm feeling really good finally. Um, and, um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that approach with you in case that might be helpful to you. Now, um, I also wanted to update you. Um uh, let's see, which one do I want to talk about first? Um, uh, let's talk about, I guess let's talk about my, my property, <laughs> my property. <laughs> You're thinking her property. Why do we care about her property? Well, you don't, you don't care about my property. You you shouldn't, you don't have to care about my property, but I'm going to just tell you what's going on with it. Um, it has been this little character in the story of my international living transition, which I'm still in. Okay. Right. I'm still putting the puzzle together. So, um, last February, when I, or pardon me, two February's ago, it's been two years, uh, two February's ago when I decided to move, um, to Malta that I wanted to move to Malta. I got out of my condo. Um, I came back from Malta at the end of February, two years ago. Um, I got out of it in like three weeks, I think, um, is all um, that it took me. And so (laughs) I really was like, I had this feeling that perhaps the market Was going to shift and the war in Ukraine had just started. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I had this feeling that I needed to get on the market fast so I could get it sold, so I could be freed from it um, and start this adventure um, that I'm currently on. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. And then um, when we come back, I'm going to finish telling you what's going on with that property. And then also I want to talk to you about the experience that I've had um, with my um, seasonal work here in the US, uh, because that's also been really interesting and enlightening. All right, you're listening to Freedom for Humans and we will be right back. (laughs)
0: voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts are you tired of overeating overspending drinking too much or being in relationships that drain you do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness you don't have to live this way you can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And before the break, I was telling you that I was going to give you an update on my, um, my condo, which Erdogan, he calls it my condom, which to be fair, it is a condominium. So he's like, your condom? What has happened? To your condom? Well, my condom, uh, unfortunately, is still with me. <laughs> so anyway, I, um, I came back uh, two Februaries ago from Malta, got out of the condo. I um, got, get, got rid of everything, sold some things, uh, gave everything else away. I painted, I staged. So I did all the things um that one does to ensure that one's property sells well it did not sell i got one almost offer right away full full price cash short close, the fantasy i got the fantasy offer and then the person decided there wasn't enough breakfast places close by i mean who knows really but, but that was what he said and then he he went away and that there there it's been so I did list it for quite a while but it was during that um initial time where things were there was so much instability and we didn't really know what was going to happen and everything kind of froze in a way. So I waited as long as I could but you know my outgo um at this point is is close to 4800 a month between the um mortgage and the HOAs which are pretty high. The, my HOA's on it just went up a little. They're they're at 1200. So It's, it's a lot. I mean, in my old life with my, my previous job, I had a corporate job previously. It was not a problem. Um, it was fine. It's not fine now. It's not fine. I don't have that job, nor do I have that life. That's a big outlay for me. So, um, I got a renter in there and I, I had a renter in there for a year and it covered half. Like, you know, I rented it for 27. And then after the, um, Property management folks took their percentage out, um, and you know I basically covered about half of my outgo, and so you know that's a little painful. And then um, I put it back on, and it didn't go. And so I'm working something out with the mortgage company. And I've pretty much kind of squeezed the the bit of equity that I had in it. I've kind of squeezed it out um, through a I I had a forbearance due to COVID and um, and so forth, and so. Um anyway, I applied for doing a, a a it's called a deed in lieu. I applied for that and I turned it in on September 1st. And uh it's still in process. We are almost at the 5 month mark and it's still in process. So, um thankfully the mortgage is on hold. Um, the HOAs are not. And so, yes, it's, it's much less than if I was having to try to keep up on the entire nut of that condom. (laughs) But the 1200 is really hard for me, everybody. I'm just going to say it. That's a big bill for me. This is a different life that I'm living. This is a much less expensive life where I really, it's important that I keep my costs down and, um, you know, that I use my resources really wisely. So. Anyway, um, that has been really stressful. And when I was, you know, I try to manage my thoughts, I do all the practices to manage my thoughts, but I do think that that might've had something to do with, um, my gut stuff. I was talking to my coworkers and, um, you know, I noticed when I was saying, well, you know, I might be having a Crohn's flare, um, that I, uh, just instinctively, my hand went to my stomach as I was telling them, um, about the con about the condom <laughs> pardon me because i got a call at work that was kind of upsetting and they're not used to seeing me upset you know i come in i'm positive i'm i'm upbeat i'm friendly i'm i'm where do you want me um wh- wh- what do you want me to work on today and they could clearly see that something was up so it was a combination of my body um starting to um have some issues um, some unwellness and then the 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 condo the condom and so I'd gotten a condom call, and the person wasn't very nice, and it was vague, and nothing had moved forward, and I was pretty rattled. And as I was telling them about the, the condo, um, I I grabbed my stomach. I kind of started rubbing my stomach, and one of them said, "Maybe that's why your stomach hurts." So you know this this gut brain connection for me has always been um it's always been front and center my guts where everything kind of shows up um and so even it though I'm managing my thoughts pretty well um and trying not to let the um the stress of that financial obligation and the unknown of it and you know every month I gotta pay those hoas and and you know i've got I got another month probably because i'm I'm coming up to the end of the month and there was a little bit of movement yesterday but not enough that I think that um it's gonna close, so I think we're probably gonna go into month six on it, and you know that's another month that i that I need to pay so okay um i <laughs> I accept that, and uh, you know, I'm focusing on just bringing money in so that I can get everything paid and um yeah, so um if you're if you're having property issues or you're having trouble selling or or any of that stuff is happening. Um, it's been going on for me for a couple of years. And um, it has been incredibly challenging. And the last house that I sold, uh, the agent that I use, both of these are very experienced agents. The, agents, the agent I used for the house said, this is the most difficult real estate transaction I've ever been involved with. <laughs> um, and so, I have a, a a brief history but a history of having difficulty selling property. Um and I after I had difficulty the first time I really didn't have much interest at all in buying and then you know my partner just all of his his money's in property. So, you know, he just valued property so much and then I bought with him and then I thought well of course I should take this little bit of money that I made um from this property we bought together and of course I should put it into a new property, right? Well, you know, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's for me. This idea that property ownership is the be all end all. I just don't think it's for me. When I want to leave, I want to leave. When I want to be done somewhere, I want to be done somewhere. And both times that I've wanted to be done and make a a significant change really in my life and and done like a, a big sale, like an estate sale or liquidated everything that I owned, I've done it twice. Both times I had a, a very difficult time with the, the property sale. So I hear you universe, lesson learned. Uh, this time I've really learned it. I'm just going to stay out of that. Um, I don't know if, I don't know about forever, but I'm going to stay out of it. Just, I just like to just pay my rent. Nothing wrong with renting. It's pay my rent. When something breaks, someone else takes care of it. When I want to leave, I give notice I don't break my lease obviously, but that's a much, that's a, that's works much better for me. I keep trying to, I keep trying to make these permanent looking lives and it, um, it goes another way for me. Um, you know, I work really hard at it. I I worked really hard at it in my marriage. And then I worked really hard at it with my last partner to make this life that, you know, I kind of set it all up and isn't it great and fun and wonderful? And doesn't it look good? And isn't it everything we want? Well, clearly it wasn't everything he wanted. <laughs> and, and you know, this idea that you, that I can set it all up and make it all, all tidy and predictable is just, it's not correct, right? It's, that's one of the, the, the little lies we tell ourselves that keep us looking uh, for what doesn't really exist, which is that looking for, you know, how can I just know, how can I know what the future holds and plan for it and have it all work out for me? Well, you can't, you know, we can do our best and we can try. And sometimes our plans work out and sometimes they don't. And, you know, so be it. All right. Um, I wanted to talk to you. I mentioned, I think on one of my shows, I don't remember which one it was, but I mentioned that I was working, um, uh, seasonal retail here in Lincoln city and, you know, I, I wanted some predictable money. It, you know, of course, it's not a ton of money, but that wasn't really the that wasn't really the goal. It, it is the money. So that's nice, right? That, um, it's sort of the transactional way of earning money, because what I do um, in in my business is not that way. I can work for days and days and days and days and, and the activities that I do um, may eventually bring me some money in the future, but they don't bring me money necessarily right when I do them. So uh, that was part of it but also i've been work from home for 15 years and the last two have been by myself for the most part i mean i meet with clients of course but i don't work with a, you know i don't work with a team um, like i did before so when i was work from home with a team it it seemed like a great fit for me i'm not totally sure whether it still is or not i really don't know um so i'm trying some things because working by myself being work from home and working by myself is um, too isolating and lonely for me and having to create structures to um, kind of prevent or combat that loneliness and isolation that are in addition to the actual work doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like something I want to do. That doesn't feel like where I want to put my energy. I would like to somehow, find a combination of work that just, feels balanced to me. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to, um, you know, it's the Christmas season. It was, um, I arrived here in early December that, well, I'm just going to come here. And, and I, I did it old school. I walked around with my resume printed it on paper and I walked around with my resume and I went to the places who were advertising for seasonal help. And I just went to all of them and I got hired, um, at the Bath and Body Works, um, which I wasn't even, you know, I remember kind of looking and thinking, oh, I don't know. Well, okay, they're, they're looking for seasonal people. I'll go in there, um, I, you know, because I just wasn't sure if maybe that was a great fit for me. Well, that's where I got hired and it has been so fun. It's been so fun. I have loved pretty much everything, pretty much everything. There's not much about it that has not been, Really, really joyful for me and enlightening, and you know, kind of inspiring in a way. So, let's okay. So, what do I like about it? Um, the main things that I do there, um, are merchandising, you know, dealing with the stock and setting things up on the floor. And if you've been to one of those, um, businesses about the body works, you will know that there is a ton of product, a ton of beautiful good smelling product. And so, um, you know, I do, and I love doing that. I love doing the merchandising. Um, So that's been really fun. I cash people out. So I ring people up and cash people out. And, you know, um, after I, of course you have to learn that and learn all the little ins and outs of it. And I enjoy that. I enjoy having a little chat with everyone and, and talking to them about their day and seeing what they've bought and making sure they're getting the best deal. Or, you know, if they're shopping the sale, making sure they got all their sale items. And, you know, it's just, you know, as a consumer myself, I know that the interaction that I have at the register can, it's typically the last interaction that you have before you walk out of the business, but it can, it can be uplifting or not. <laughs> I'll just say that. And so, uh, you know, I'm friendly. I'm friendly and and chatty, and um, of course, I try to be efficient, um, and also, you know, warm and center the customer in front of me. So that has been fun to just learn all the processes and do that, and then sometimes I I'm on the sales floor, you know, welcoming people and talking about our specials and our sales and helping them find things and stuff like that, um, and being part of a team being part of a team. There's really, you know, in all those um, things you do on your corporate retreats and the, you know, you take the test to find out, well, what do you like to do? Or where do you do your best work and stuff like that? Um, consistently uh, work with a team to accomplish a common goal. That's super consistent for me is what is what would come out, right? So if that's consistent, I th- And I think that is is still true for me because I am somebody who does change. I know that we like to kind of say, well, people don't usually change. And and to some degree, I would say that's true, but sometimes they do. And then when they do, sometimes we don't like it. Um, so it's interesting. We're a little bit of a tough crowd. Well, people never change. And then when they change, we're like, oh, why are you acting like that? So I am somebody that that changes. I'm not somebody that goes, well, I'm a person who is this who only likes this. And then I think that that's the way that I'm going to be. So assuming that I'm still somebody that likes to work with a team, um, you know, I I, that was like my favorite thing. just Just walking in and how are we doing today? And did we make our goal yesterday? And, you know, what's selling? And how are the customers? And who's working today? And how are they doing? And I loved it. I loved it. I have uh, four shifts left. I work today. I have four shifts left. And, um, you know, it's bittersweet because I'm really, really excited to go back to Malta. I'm excited to see Erdogan. I'm excited to continue to um, put the puzzle together um, of primarily my professional life, I would say, Um, for the most part. And, you know, your professional life drives in my case, some people are, have wealth from other sources. My, my, my money comes from working. So, um, you know, the puzzling through my professional life is going to inform, you know, a variety of other things because it's how I make my money. Um, and that's been one of the things that, you know, I think you're probably hearing all of these things are connected, right? That's, that's been probably the most stressful thing. Uh, for me in the last couple of years. So um, I did a show. I did want to tell you, I did a few other shows this week. So one of them was um, with uh, Dr. Drayvon James, who was on my show. She came on my show and talked about how to recognize your superpower. And she has a show called Dr. Drayvon James, Everyday Peace. And you can find that on um, uh, the podcast platforms. So after I chatted with her about superpowers on my show um, and it came up where I was and that I was getting ready to go I think and she was thinking about um wanting to also live internationally and so she asked if I could come on her show and talk about what it has been like as a single woman. I do have a partner Erdogan. Um we you know we've been together and not together. He's Turkish and he lives there in Malta. So you know, the logistics of my life and the back and forth. I do that mainly, mainly alone. Um, and I do live alone in uh, Malta now. So when I say as a single woman, I guess I just want to kind of explain why I, why I say it that way, all that travel and everything that I kind of do. And that's somewhat challenging. I do on my own. Um, so yeah, so that's why I say it that way. Um, so, anyway, I'm um, bittersweet because I'm very excited to go back to um Malta, and um I've also had just the most wonderful experience here, and one of the things I said to her is that you know, I love the life that I'm living, and um, I've been going back and forth now for um coming up on two years, and I didn't necessarily think that I was going to be going back and forth, but um, it has turned out to be just, uh, one of the most wonderful experiences, um, of my life. And so even when I'm, you know, the money is causing me some stress and fear comes in and says, well, what are you going to do when that runs out? Or what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do next? What if that doesn't turn out? Um, what I've known. Throughout is that I want to be, I want to be there at least part of the time. So nothing that's happened that has been a challenge like the condom or. Um, the, the, um, the income that is, you know, I'm a small business owner and it's a new business. And so, you know, I don't have, uh, income that is regular that I can depend on, you know, so it's up and down and it can be a little bit feast or famine with it and, and so forth. Even, um, amidst all of that, it has not in any way, um, deterred me from continuing on the path of the international, uh, life. So, um, what I've learned, uh, to, to circle back uh, to that, to my retail experience, the other things that I've learned, you know, I'm 53 and I've been working from home, um, as I said, for 15 years. So part of me was like, can my body do it? Can my body stand all day? Can I be on my feet all day? Yes, I can. Um, it was hard for about the first two or three days. And then, you know, thank you. Thank you, body. Um, my body was like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay. And then, you know, just the physicality of it, the standing, the walking, the the stocking, the boxes, um, the climbing up on the ladders, that all that stuff I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed because, you know, those 15 years were, <laughs> as you might imagine, were mostly spent behind a Screen, and so not being, uh, not be- being behind a screen, um, working with the public in person and working with a team in person, um, has been, um, that's been really wonderful, and also just I can learn new things, uh, I can learn quickly. I'm happy to not be in leadership if, if that's you know ultimately, um, if I find something that I want to do. I in no way have to be in leadership, like <laughs> I've been in leadership for almost thirty years, I think, and so you know I've just been in charge of of something usually of a lot of some things, and to to be um the least in charge, a seasonal sales associate, to be the least in charge on this team of anyone, and to just come in and see where I'm supposed to be and what needs to be done and ask questions and you know, ask a question and and wait for somebody to make a decision, and then go ahead and then and then do that. Oh my gosh, y'all! That probably, that probably sounds <laughs> kind of silly, but it's it feels awesome to just be part of something, to just be part of a greater purpose. And so, when I say that, I don't necessarily mean like God or the universe, part of something greater. Like that's important um, for me as well. Um, to, to, to recognize that as well, but being part of something that's like a bigger thing than just little me that we can all work together and do this wonderful thing together, whatever it is. Y'all, I'm selling smelly stuff, selling smelly stuff and having a really good time. So that's been awesome. And when I go back to, uh, Malta in, um, just at the end of the month, you know, I'm going to continue to look for remote work from anywhere work to, um, help kind of supplement what I do with my coaching, um, and my writing. Um, so, Hey, (laughs) if you know anybody or, you know, any companies, it has to be work from anywhere though. Um, not work from anywhere in the U S work from anywhere, um, and so I'm in Central Europe when I'm in um, Malta. So if you if you know of anything or you have any suggestions for me, do shoot me a message. I would really appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to continue to look for, you know, kind of a remote role that would put me with a team where I could just contribute in some way. And also, like I mentioned, it would be... Um, Predictable in terms of the income, and if um that doesn't work out, I'm gonna look locally because it's really um increased my confidence level that I could certainly i can go i mean I feel like I could go work retail anywhere right now just because I like took a breath, I took a deep breath and I threw my shoulders back and put my head up and walked in and put my apron on and learned all this stuff and It just, it felt really wonderful and it has nothing to do with money or position or title or anything like that. It was just the experience of contributing of, um, you know, the cider house, the cider house rules, the kind of that core teaching in there. Everybody should, everybody should be of use basically is the message there. Everybody should be of use. Well, you know, I like to be useful. I do. Um, makes me feel good. So, so anyway, that was my retail experience. Um, and it was super fun and awesome. And I never would have known that if I hadn't done it. I never would have known how much I like it. If I hadn't done it, I never would have known how quickly I would adapt to being on my feet, um, or to working with the public or any of those things. Um, but I did because I tried it. So I am often reminded that as much as I think I know and as empathic as I am, when I haven't experienced something or I haven't experienced in a long time, because I did own my own retail business um, that I closed in 05, I think, 05, 06. Um, But that's been a long time ago and you, you just have to get out there. You gotta get out there and give it a shot. And then you really do know, um, because I would not know. I wouldn't know. So like my confidence level is has gone up substantially, um, at least for that type of work um, and that type of business. Okay. So we're, we're almost at the end. Um, I told you, this is just not going to be a big grand gesture for our last show. Um, so I did want to tell you a couple of other places that you can find me. Um, so I told you about Dr. Drayvon James everyday Peace, where we talked about the international living. Um, it, it had a, it had a focus on women, uh, women over 50. Um, that was kind of the nature of it. I also did next at the mic with Bonnie D I mean, that's on Voice America and um, Catherine Zox and Jane Velez Mitchell were also on there. So I was on a panel, um, you know, I've been doing radio uh, for 15 months. This show is my first show and I've been doing radio for 15 months. I don't know how many years of experience we're on that call, but like a lot, something probably, I don't know, 30, maybe, maybe 30 years, 25 years of experience or something all total. Um, So that's next at the mic. And we talked about basically live radio and the future of live radio and what it means and um, where it fits. And then lastly, I did the binge cure uh, with Dr. Nina. Uh, So you might recall Dr. Nina came on my show. And so I went on her show this week and we talked about binge eating and perfectionism and how to break that link. So there's a few other places um, that you can find me. You can always find me um, at giraffe dot com. Please visit me there. Send me a message, check in, let me know if there's something you'd like me to write about or record. I would love to hear from you. And uh, until we meet again, love yourself, free yourself, be yourself and dance your own tango.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.